Good, er- good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode one of the Mental Health Break podcast. I'm your host, Tom Holzerman, or TH, if you will. This is uh, the first of what I hope are many episodes of this podcast. I'm super excited to be sharing my thoughts with you and bringing a whole bunch of wonderful, eclectic, and intelligent guests to your ear holes via my newsletter. Um, if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed already, Go to tholzerman.substack.com, check it out, see if you like it, and hit that subscribe button. Smash that subscribe button. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As you can hear, our, our, my guest, the first guest is ready to go right away. Um, you may know him from Twitter, where he dispenses takes about lots of stuff. Uh, you may know him from his writing days at The Good Fight um, and other places. I, I He's been around. Or you may uh, know him from a little podcast known as No Cartridge. Uh, please welcome to the show, Trevor Strunk. Trev, how you doing? Hey. Oh, good to be here. I'm doing well. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I I think everyone should be subscribing to your, your newsletter. Hopefully they're doing that. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i happy to be here before you start uh, introducing the uh, the like fun and like intelligent guests on because uh, <laughs> that's like a lot of pressure off. Well, uh, I, I had to get someone who was local and, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, it's crucial. Look, yeah. you don't get someone who's local. You lose, you lose like, I'm, I'm to understand. So I've been to famously, I've been to, uh, two wrestling shows in my entire life. Um, uh, one ring of honor show, uh, so long ago that CM Punk was, um, uh, in ring of honor as was AJ Styles in that show. <laughs> um and uh one uh chikara show at my college uh so oh well i'm you know i'm i'm like i gotta you know i'm a real pro when it comes to wrestling and i have to understand that uh that local heat is really important so um you know smart of you to do that it's it's important once more thanks to all elite wrestling because they're actually letting guys win in their home guys and gals and non-binary folks win in their hometowns now in wwe they never used to do that they still don't do that you're in your hometown you're gonna get uh probably a pie smushed in your face uh is that right they like do so they 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 intentionally make it bad when you're in your hometown yeah you probably lose in five minutes and get embarrassed why Uh, is that i i understand i understand vince is like uh like a a hateful individual in, in most ways but that just seems that seems like weirdly specific and with no upside. He's a psychopath. That's okay, great. Okay, that, that's all you need to really know about him. Uh, <laughs> but enough about you know Vince McMahon. I I don't want to talk about Vince McMahon on this podcast until he dies, and then we'll have a real big party, lots of guests. <laughs> um, we'll have we'll have bottles that we're popping. Um, now this is a wrestling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't want to talk just about wrestling. Although obviously wrestling is a big part of, yeah, of my yeah, life, no. but another big part of my life is uh, video games, and you you talk about that all the time. I don't want to spend too much time on that because you do that, you know. I guess for a living. <laughs> oh look, yeah, no, I mean it's but it's part of my living. Yeah, I I'm always happy to do it though. I mean, like there's there's always something to talk about, and you're you're like you're a. a Correct if I'm wrong, but you're a big Nintendo guy as well, which like I feel like doesn't show up. Sorry, the cat is trying to climb somewhere back there. Um, just the podcast experience right off the bat. Um, yeah, no, I feel like I feel like Nintendo doesn't show up on the podcast as much, but is maybe one of the most exciting places for video games right now. So, you know. uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and I, I speak from 
point of view as someone who, you know, I was a junior in high school. I was a little bit older than the demographic, but I was a junior in high school when uh, uh, Pokemon Red and Blue hit um, Game Boy. So I was, uh, I still played it and I haven't. I was going to say, did you partake? I haven't skipped a uh, generation since. I'm uh, 40 years nice. old and eager, eagerly awaiting the release of Pokemon Legends Arceus. So are you, like, how do you feel about the... So this is something that I've never been able to ask someone with as extensive a, uh, a Pokemon history as you. How do you feel about, like, the way that the sequels have gone? Like, I know people are... Um, a lot of people are unhappy with how... Um, they're they're doing the sequels and then the way that like the Pokemon are being included or not included as the case may be. Um, I'm wondering like you're you're looking forward to to Legends Arceus. Like how are you are you like actually excited or is it sort of like a a, a Stockholm syndrome feeling? No, I'm excited for all the games, uh, to be honest. Um, and I think a lot I mean, I'm not gonna deprive anybody of what they feel about something right, if someone sure. needs to have the entire pokedex in the game eh, that's how they play the game i'm not going to yell at them but for me it's an annoyance at best um <laughs> like i obsessively breed pokemon and i have just started now to be able to breed them uh the best the best uh versions of them so okay. there's a whole half a pokedex that i i need to rebreed but that's just you know that's just me being an obsessive little uh nerd about this sort of thing the actual gameplay i've been excited about all of them i think all the the sequels you know they've added something okay like, uh, from the first ones you know i mean the first ones they added gender which i mean depending on who you ask it's a whole whole big can of worms but i thought it was gender, you know you mean the idea yeah no yeah people have a lot of opinions about gender <laughs> yeah and i just want to say that the i don't want to uh, to dwell on it for too long but uh the mental health break is a safe place for people of all genders and whatever so i, I feel like i will i will say this good good for you but also, I feel like uh, if people are encountering this on any level, they pro- I, I can't imagine they're coming here and they're just like, I wonder what wonder what Tom's thought on this. Like, I, wonder, <laughs> no. I wonder if this is a safe spot for this kind of thing, or if he's gonna if he's gonna just use this opportunity to just like let his turf flag fly. No, um, no, 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 no. I, I, I can't imagine who's go- who's coming here who doesn't know that already. But yeah. to them, uh, I hope I hope you feel uh, reassured. That is that is uh, what what it's all about. I hope to get uh, a new new eyes on whatever I'm doing with each one, but that's that's a that's a very that's a stretch goal, I think. But um, <laughs> but you know, Pokemon was sort of they they kept adding stuff, they kept adding stuff, and like I feel like you know with each game, you know they they've they, they've uh, put something nice in there, and it, they you know the uh, the RPG experience is still you know it's classic, you know yeah. for everybody who yearns for the days of turn-based mechanics they're not going to get rid of that and that's fine you know it's 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 a nice comforting blanket but you know i the different perks they put in there and and with this new game it's not exactly a mainline rpg it's sort of in the style of the pokemon uh go let's go pikachu oh, let's go it? eevee okay all right a little bit which is sort of like it's sort it was sort of like incorporating pokemon go into the the console 
That's interesting. Little, I did, that's the, that's the only game I haven't played, less, by the way. Go EB. Okay, yeah, yeah, I have. That's the only one I haven't played. Um, in the RPG style game, so it's like I'm looking for this because it, it's it just feels like it's a much fresher experience, and it feels mm-hmm. like with this new region, which is really the an old region, the Sinnoh region, only like 200 years oh, ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but it looks just like it looks to me the way they wanted the the Generation Eight mainline to look and you know for some people that uh galar region didn't really look great until the dlc came out i mean the uh the dlc for that game was for sword and shield was gorgeous uh, yeah it, it, it it's an interesting one like I, I i i sometimes feel like they didn't necessarily have a great idea of what they wanted from that region until they did until they got some of like the the anime stuff uh, like stuff in the anime uh, that they wanted out of the way like I, I i know this because that's like when sword and shield came out was when tilly was uh my daughter was yeah. interested in in pokemon um I, I i mean she still likes pokemon but she doesn't like actively watch it and i don't blame her she watched all of um sun and moon so like that's a that's hefty um and she like which and also sun and moon way better than the original pokemon series uh <laughs> I, I couldn't it's tell a lot better. Yeah, I couldn't tell you about the anime because I, I my son watches it. Like I got uh, my son into Pokemon. He's ten uh-huh. years old and and he's he's into it. Um, I mean, that's mostly cool, for the yeah. anime. Okay, but uh, but I mean, Sun and Moon was the best story and probably the best overall game. Uh, so I think it sort of peaked there and obviously they're going to hopefully have another peak down, down the road, but you never know. I mean, you know, can I ask you a a combination um, and then I'll let you ask the questions, but can I, uh, can I ask you a combination Pokemon wrestling question? Oh, sure. Do you think like as a, as a fan of, of, of both, do you think it was too much, too obvious of a work to have Ash win? Uh, his first championship in uh, Alola. Um, or do you think it was finally time? Like, obviously, like, we all feel like he has potential outside of just being a jobber. But, um, <laughs> like, do we do we think that this was believable? Well, he was a jobber to the stars. He, he'd always make it to the finals. And mm. outside of the Orange Cup, the Orange Islands, you know, that, that sort of spinoff from the first one, he never won. Right. From my understanding, and no, it, so yeah, the, the the first one he did was in was in Sun and Moon. Yeah, that's the first total. That's the first like official league championship. And correct, yeah. I, I think um, it's you have to sort of appreciate the way that you know other countries tell stories. I'm, I'm not really familiar with anime mm-hmm. outside of um, you know Americanized stuff like Avatar: The Last Airbender, and I feel like. At, like Ash went not winning until like the seventh generation to me feels both foreign because in American storytelling, especially for children, it feels like the desire to give the kids gratification is strong. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. sort of the, it's the driving thing, you know. You want to make the kids happy, so you give them a happy ending all the time. Uh, but I think it's also sort of you know cute in a way you know mm. it's sort of you get a glimpse into what kind of story that you know i guess satoshi tajiri if i don't know if he's in par- charge of the anime to be honest i, I just know him because he was the uh the guy right. who created the cards and the game 
you know, I'm also not sure uh, if, uh, if if he's in charge of the anime or not. I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, probably, I mean, he may have been at one point. I doubt he still is. Like, that would be quite a long time to be a showrunner on the anime. I know. Um, I mean, The Simpsons is on what there? How, how many showrunners has The Simpsons had? Yeah, right. No, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Countless. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think there's there's something to that, the way that the, like, the differences in storytelling. I think... You know, in, in all honesty, I think it's I think it's really cool that they they finally just like bit the bullet and had um, had Ash win. I thought it was a it was a nice it was a nice choice, uh, a good a good moment for it. Um, I'm 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 glad that they glad that they did that. That was um, that that made me happy. It, it was funny because um, when when Tilly when she was watching it, I was like, oh, do you think do you think Ash is going to win this? And I knew because I had like you know I was online i saw the spoilers but i was like i was like oh do you think he's gonna win it and, and she was like no ash never wins and like i was like i was like oh well that's okay so they picked the right choice because now it's unexpected like now it's like it's not it's not a question of like oh is he will he won't he it's like oh no he won't and at that point you're you're sort of saying yeah okay well um, i think in that kit in that uh regard you know watching pokemon is sort of the perfect kind of anime for a philadelphia sports fan yeah 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 that's fair i it really is yeah like i think i think in 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 the way that even a win feels a little bit like a loss yeah for sure absolutely oh god i mean the only the only time that they that they've won in the last like five years where it didn't feel like a loss was in the um the last two games of the uh, super bowl year yes the, uh, yeah, and, yeah like it just sort of happened you know carson wentz you know tore his acl and they beat the Rams, but they, you know, they, uh, <laughs> oh, that was such a, that was such a, like a pure victory. I like, you know, we, we have, we like at this point, Carson Wentz has, has, has ruined his, his like whatever legacy he had here because he was such a, a whiner about Hertz. But like, yeah, and, like, I don't usually say that, but like, honestly, like I, I, I got really kind of irritated with him by the end of it. I was a big defender and, um, it was it, it got it got really frustrating. Um, yeah. we, we can't all be as uh, we can't all be as nice as uh, as that as that dude, uh, uh, the kid uh, Giovanni, who seems like the sweetest kid in the world. that just supports every single Philly athlete. Yeah. And, and, and Carson was nice to him. So you can't be. That I know I get it. I, I, I like I admire it, honestly. Like, I, I wish I wasn't as petty as I am about the way he, he left. Um but boy, I was crushed. Like it was such, like such a pure victory when they won that. He tore his ACL. I was like, well, this was the Super Bowl year, and now it's not. Um, yeah, and then they, yeah. um, you know, they 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 struggled to beat the Giants, who were shitty. Oh, and then the wasn't there a Raiders game that they almost lost to? Oh, that, that... they they cl- that's where they clinched home field, and it was so ugly. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the Falcons game, you know, and, and nobody, I don't think anybody in the city watched the Cowboys game in, in Week Seventeen because. Why would you? Yeah, it was. Yep, it was pointless. like Nate Sudfeld or whatever. Somebody, I don't even <laughs> Sudfeld. know. Yeah, and so the the Falcons game felt like you know they it felt like they accidentally won. You know, with yeah. Julio Jones getting uh, tipped in the end zone. Well, there was also the interception, the like the the tipped pass that was an interception, right? Yeah, and oh, then, no, no, uh, I'm sorry, it was the other way around. It was uh, like Desmond Trufant or something picked picked essentially picked off Foles and then it like got tipped just the wrong way and it became like a big catch by Torrey Smith. It bounced off his knee. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> yeah. So it was like they felt like they accidentally won, but then like 
I, I'll never forget. I was at my brother's house and the Vikings drove down the field. Like it was like a knife, a hot knife through butter. Yep. And they just punched into the end zone. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then like on the way home, like I remember because my brother lives in, uh, in the city and I live in, in Delaware County. So I was driving home and I, we drove by the link, the 95. And I saw the score was seven to six. I didn't know how they scored. I missed Patrick Robinson's. Uh, oh, that was such a, I, I, I was happily, I miss a lot of moments. Uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it. Cause like, I'm always, I'm always following, but like, I miss a lot of moments like actually happening live because I'm with, you know, kids or whatever. Like it, it, if you have kids, um, as I've, as I've said, like, you have kids, you know, like there, there are certain things that you just kind of know when you have kids. One of them is that like live sports become sort of a crapshoot and that like you can sometimes catch them and sometimes you can't. Like, I, I can only watch the Eagles anymore. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> I love watching baseball games, but like, I can't watch like I used to. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll talk um, about baseball in a little bit, but let's yeah. get through this. Uh, just, yeah, just let's get through our this. feelings, but, but, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I finally, uh, I finally was able like, I finally was able to watch the whole game and man, that like that interception felt so good. Like that Patrick Robinson interception, just like absolutely 100% heroic Eagle forever. Like I, I, I don't think like there's a person in the world who would not buy Patrick Robinson all the beers he wanted if he showed up <laughs> in the city and just for that play. But I mean, he was good all year, but like literally just for that play. He was definitely the, um, you know, he was a, that slot corner, you know? Yep. Yep. And then, Ugh. you know, then he just had uh Legarrette Blunt. I think when I got home, I started drinking. So oh, I yeah. was just like, I was in my groove and I was just watching the Eagles just dismantle this team that, you know, their, their try hard fans came in and, and tried to, you know, Oh, remember they like, they, they like do like the Rocky climb up the steps or. Whatever. Oh yeah. They, they got like, a group was... picture there and. And then our, our, our drunk Eagles fan friend, uh, we don't know his name. If you're out there listening, I doubt it. You know, thank you for for uh, getting lit up and going, go birds in that lady's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I always feel bad because I have a lot of like, I, I, I do know a lot of Vikings fans who are like perfectly lovely people, but it seemed like all of the people that, that went to the link that, that uh, evening were just like, hell bent on being as obnoxious as possible <laughs> it's like it's like yeah i don't know man like i look i i get that the eagles do this too and it's something that i never do because i'm always like man what am i gonna look like the instant they definitely definitely lose like you know i was not i would never have like come out and beat my chest about like yo we're gonna kill tom brady like this, this you know this team's overrated the instant they they lost it would be like oh geez like now i feel really stupid there um, were people who were like that on twitter just because they had to be yeah um i know it deep in the, in the pit of my stomach i was like this is just like 2004 all over again only we don't have the stud quarterback in there like mcnab yeah yeah exactly yeah it feel, feels like a loss right <laughs> like oh, instantly yeah. yeah and then Foles came out and threw that laser to alshon and all of a sudden it was like do they have a chance? And then, and then, um, Amendola overthrew Brady. Yes. And, yes. and then perfect, like perfect it, moment. Everything just started to cascade in our direction. Right. Oh man. That was like, it was, it was, it really was a great moment. I, I don't know. Like there's, there's, I, it's, it's cliche to say, but you'd be hard pressed to find a better, uh, 
a sort of more satisfying Philly sports moment. Uh, although I will say, you know, almost every championship, and I'm sure this is true of every city, honestly, it's not like it's just like, a, oh, we do it better in Philly kind of thing. But like, you know, it, it's it, I'm sure it's true of everywhere. Like every single championship I can look back on it and think like, oh, that I was aware of. Like, you know, I can look back and think of a moment where it's just like, oh, that was so special. Or, oh, that was like, that was incredibly special. Or, oh, that was amazing. <laughs> so like, I mean, probably true that that's not just about the, uh, it's probably not just the, the Super Bowl boy, the Super Bowl sure, sure doesn't hurt that way. <laughs> you know what, though? I think, and it wasn't true. I mean, the, the World Series in, 20, in 2008, like that was special. Yes. And it had the amazing, like insane circumstance of a, of a game being rained out and it continued later on. But the Super Bowl was just sort of one of those like all-timer games, right? Like Seattle can point to their Super Bowl and like, yeah, we we won and we beat Peyton Manning, but like it was 43 to 8. They were celebrating by halftime. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And 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 you know like Sure, there's the there's the element of like, yeah, we beat them when no one thought we could, and and that's true. Like they didn't get they didn't get nearly the credit they should have, and uh, they steamrolled him. But like, yeah, it, it it really was like, okay, like can we can we can we leave early? Like you have the you have the car warming up, yes, <laughs> in the end, kind of that sort of thing. Yeah, and it's like it's not to take any credit away because that team was one of like that had the, maybe the best defense in the modern NFL, like. If you look oh, yeah, at the post rule yeah. changes, right, you're never going to see a team of the 2000 Ravens again or the 1985 Bears, right? But like that, that Legion of Boom was you had to give the devil their due, and they dominated, and they they made a statement. But it's like when you're looking at a game that you can write a movie about, right? No, absolutely. I think like you know, it, it it's the exact kind of game that if you would have asked me, hey, like when. It, if, if the Eagles ever like play in a Super Bowl, and then I'd laugh at you and say they never will, um, you know. But like before the game, like before that year, if you would have asked me, like, hey, you know, if or when the Eagles play in the Super Bowl, what do you want the game to be like? I I would have like I would have told you ten out of ten times I want it to be a, like a ridiculous blowout where they win. I never <laughs> want to worry about it one second. No, like, I, I want to celebrate the whole time, and I do not want it to be even remotely close. And I'm glad it was like, you know, it, it's a much better memory as a result, but like, boy, that was like, that took some, that took like a couple of years off my life. I feel <laughs> it, it did, but I, I'm glad that not only I got to see it, you know, when I was still young and able to celebrate, I was able to watch it with my boy and yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's into sports and that's fine. You know, like he's into all kinds of stuff that I can bond with him over. Like he might likes be okay. Poke- yeah. Might might almost like might honestly like <laughs> seeing how people are are about sports. Honestly, maybe maybe for the best that that like if our ki- if like the kids of the people who are you know the most active on Twitter are not into sports, it's like it'd be all right. But you know if, if he if he turned out like someone good at Twitter like Arkansas Fred or. Um... <laughs> Wouldn't you be? You'd be so proud. Oh my God, he, he's a he's a he's good at Twitter. You know, I could never be that. <laughs> Although I, uh, Bradley Jones uh, at Beard Jones on Twitter told me once that when I was out uh, celebrating Brian Coulter's birthday, you know. Oh yeah. Um, he told me I was good at Twitter once, and I I just sort of like I'm glad you think so. <laughs> but you, you, you got to treasure that when when someone tells you you're good at Twitter, it's like 
it happens so rarely i know mostly people mostly people are around to tell you how bad you are at twitter that's oh. the not not you personally but everyone oh yeah, every yeah. yeah that's um if you're listening to this now um it's yesterday's newsletter uh hopefully if i get this thing out thursday like i should <laughs> but it's about you know letting the Letting the bad uh, criticisms roll off your back and finding which ones you got to reflect on. You know, it's sort of how to deal with Twitter. Because, you know, every time, like, it it sort of rolls around, right? Like, every week or so, someone posts, oh, you do know that if you have 200 or more followers, there's someone in a group DM talking shit about you. And it's like, no shit, dude. Like, people talk shit about me on Maine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, and, and like, you know, it, it really is like one of those things where you can, you can stay up. You can, like, you can let it keep you up nights and, like, you could worry about it. Or you can just sort of take it as read that, like, yeah, look, like, people, people are petty and, like, mean-spirited on here. And, like, the, 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 the only winning move is not to play. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, that's, you know, it's just a fact of life, you know, and, mm-hmm. and people tell you you're good. People tell you you're bad, but whatever. You just got to keep rolling on, you know? Um, yeah, never. Yeah. Just whatever people say is, um, you know, nice. Take the compliments where you can, but, uh, but yeah, ultimately it's much better to kind of just chill and <laughs> like let, let the chips fall where they may and just do your own thing. It's a lot easier to chill, though, when you can sit back and laugh at the Dallas Cowboys. So, Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, that was so sweet. You see, my, we were uh, watching we were yeah. watching Shrek because, you know, I have kids, right? And yeah, yeah they, no, they, of course. And Shrek is a great movie. But, you know, uh, speaking as a dad who's seen it like 20 times already. You're not. Yeah. Remember, there was the I think it was I think it was movie Bob who was like, if we saw Shrek today, you would like it because like it was just like it's about like someone complaining about uh you know insider hollywood stuff it's like i don't care dude like it's fun <laughs> like, i like this movie like i think like the ho- insider hollywood stuff is like still clever now which is seems like an upset yeah no honestly i mean come on like it, it honestly is like how how do you how do you make a movie with like like mike myers and eddie murphy and you're just like okay None of this is really going to age that badly. Like, really? (laughs) I think it helps that Mike Myers is doing the Scottish accent the whole time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, absolutely. I think like that's that's his classic. I I think like the the one thing that the one thing that absolutely um, is true of Mike Myers is that he will do that accent regardless of whether it is um, relevant. (laughs) Like we. We watched oh, my my wife like, uh, um, and she was she was just like super annoyed with herself for letting this happen. But she she let my son watch part of like start watching, and then he watched the whole thing of the the um, the film Cat in the Hat. Oh, uh, which is like god awful. Like, I I thought I thought you were going to um, say uh, so I married an axe murderer. Which... Oh no, go oh, yeah, that would have been very surprising. <laughs> There's like almost no chance, but. Um, she uh she like she she had him watch she let him watch cat in the hat and cat in the hat is like is awful like it is like a terrible movie um and mike myers can't figure out what to do with the cat in the hat like he has no idea and so like he 
he just does he he kind of does nothing like he he sort of just like his compromise is like well i'm just gonna just gonna do whatever i want to do and so like it is always a mix of um the uh the oh what is it the coffee talk uh <laughs> mom and uh and a scottish accent and it's like if you give mike myers an inch he will take that inch and use it to do a scottish accent <laughs> it is like he there there is there is like nothing more sure in this entire life i think you have to respect that though i mean if he's on going some to, level you do like and and you know he 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 was able to secure the bat oh that's Bernie Sanders texting me. What the fuck, man? I'm on a podcast. Tom, Tom. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, but I mean, he, he was able to secure the bag for, for a while, you know, and, and God sure. bless him. You know, if you're going to get a, a Hollywood studio to give you money to, you know, phone it in, I say, go ahead. <laughs> no, you got a really good point. Like it is, it is, it's one of those things that, they just like he he became one of those people that they could hire and like routinely like two out of three times get a hit and like that's that like i think that era of of like of um filmmaking is probably not well that's not true comedy filmmaking you can't you can't do that as much anymore um there aren't like specific funny people out there where you're just like this guy is going to give me a hit every time that's because Um, comedy's changed i think yeah, that's probably true. Like it's no longer, um, and I don't, I, I can't really speak on that shift away from that iconoclastic, you know, uh, SNL guy like like Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, and uh, God bless him, Adam Sandler still keeps trying, or maybe he's not trying. He's just uh, you know able to secure the bags. He's got his own studio. That 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 was Mike Myers' mistake. Oh he never started God. a studio. Yeah. Well, only really Adam Adam Sandler knew that. Like, like, and I guess, like, I guess there's like, no, that's not true because all the David Spade stuff is Adam Sandler. Yeah, Adam Sandler was the only person who sort of saw the writing on the wall and was like, "Hey guys, it's like we can keep this money train going if, in fact, we uh, drive the train ourselves." Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, and I think uh, more power to him because he realizes, you know. He can have his cake and eat it too because he did um, uh, uncut gems. I, I and I, I'm not a movie guy. Uh, I don't yeah. watch a whole lot of movies, but you, know, you see all the gifs on Twitter, and it's sort of like people love that movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's also he's also the guy who did. Um, I mean, there's so many Adam Sandler. What's the one that people love? Not anger management. That was that was, was towards the one. end. Yeah, uh, there was another like serious movie that he did that everyone was like, this guy Spanglish. Maybe Spanglish. Yeah, there was Spanglish, really... and then there was Punch Drunk Love, and both of them. Punch I think Drunk were Love is the one I'm thinking yeah. of. People really got excited about Punch Drunk Love when it came out, and like, yeah, no, I mean, he, he, I don't know, he's the weird. He's one of those weird actors where like, he's either going to do something that everyone's going to be really into and excited about, and it'll be like you know culturally relevant, or he's going to do like a completely garbage movie that everyone hates. <laughs> it's like that kind of thing only happens if you yourself are providing the funding. If some, yeah. some Hollywood guy has to tell you, like, hey, like, is this going to be a success? And you're like, maybe you're not going to get to make that movie. No, no, especially especially now uh, that no one is um, going to the theaters anymore. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, well, with COVID has definitely made it a little little clearer for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I think COVID is, is really um, 
I, I guess, boosted the video game industry quite a bit because people are sitting inside and, and playing games. I know I've been playing a lot more. And it's mostly been Nintendo stuff or, mm-hmm. you know, old games that I, I remember. I mean, playing. Nintendo's having having quite the renaissance because of COVID because people, I mean, they made a, a handheld device. So, like, I mean, you can kind of chill in your house. You can play on your couch. You can kind of go anywhere. You can put it on the TV and you can put it in your hand. You know, it's it's yep. pretty good. Yep. Uh, but there was some news that broke. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday. Um, now, I know it's bad that Microsoft bought, uh, you know, Activision Blizzard. Um, sure. I mean, I, I think like the thing about the thing about Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard that and, and, you know, anyone anyone who's like smart about it has already said this. It's not like this isn't new news, but like um, what they also say, bought. They bought someone else, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, they but they bought so many people at this point, like Microsoft has been throwing its financial weight around uh, uh, like this past year. Like they've they've been they've been buying people. Um, they bought Bethesda recently. That's like, the one I was talking about. They uh, they bought um, and Bethesda's huge because they make all those uh, those Elder Scrolls games. Correct. Yeah. It, it, honestly, like you know, they they've been making huge huge purchases. I mean, th- that's also Fallout you get when you buy Bethesda. Like it's it's just massive. And so like you know the buying buying up Blizzard. Yeah. Like look, it's it's a big deal. It, um, it's definitely like, I don't know if you want to, if you want to sort of talk about ways that it speaks to, I don't know, like modern lack of antitrust laws or, or whatever. Yeah, I, I agree. But like, it, it honestly, it's one of those things where you only really, the only really notable thing about it is that it's the biggest one. And it, it made a lot of people notice as a result. Um, but it's been, it's been happening. And I mean, I think a lot of people are sort of they want the government to act, which to me is uh, someone who's paid attention for the last five years. LOL. I was uh, I was saying this to Chris Person uh, today. Like I, I was I was like, it's it's like it must just be like it must just be like really exciting to be. Um, and I mean this with love. Like it must just be really exciting to be the kind of person who um, only pays attention to this kind of stuff when. Um, when it involves video games, because you must just have like such hope in your heart when you're just like, Oh no, video games are being threatened. Surely the government, which is typically good at regulating things that are unjust, um, will, will step in and help. It's like, Oh, Oh, sweet child. Like, I'm, I'm so sorry. It's not going to work out that way, but I love, I love your energy. Like I, I want, I want you to feel that for, for as long as you can. Uh, Kurt Cobain uh, said it uh, said it best. I, I wish I was like you, easily amused. Yeah, and I go. guess you could put substitute amused for you know gullible or believable or whatever. It's also true of Kurt Cobain. I think that he probably did not mean that as sarcastically as uh, as it, it sounds in the song, because uh, or maybe he did, but he also probably also meant it sincerely, since like. If you're easily amused, you don't have to deal with like all the feelings he had. Oh yeah, it's the same thing here, right? Like if you're not, if you're, if you're sort of, if you honestly and uncritically have the belief that the government is going to step in, like Joe Biden's going to step in and and like regulate antitrust laws, there's there's something so pure and good about that. Like, like you just your whole life is is I don't know, it's it's so exciting and 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 wonderful and easy and not easy, but like. It, it has a kind of like logic to it that I envy. 
Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's it's good to live, th- and I'm sort of like that too with video games. You know that that the dragon meme. You know, you have the the three headed hydra, and you have the two of them are mean faced, and one of the mean faces in this uh. scenario is the is the Microsoft fan who's like, yeah, we're getting all the first party games now, and then you got the PlayStation people who are like screw you microsoft and then me on the derpy one is like oh boy i'm getting a new pokemon game on in two weeks <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no it, it is like I, I feel like if you if you like nintendo it it really like i mean i look like there's there's nothing there's nothing to be uh gained from like thinking about penny arcade but uh <laughs> which uh, you know is always always the case but uh but there was one of their one of their very old comics when they were still like when, when this was still like a going uh, joke was they made fun of the um, they made fun of IMAX and like they had like a neighbor who was into like who like was an Apple guy and like the joke was like we're 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 like cool PC people and he's an Apple guy like what a what a loser um, and it was like the the gag was he he's a big time loser and like you know he he became cool when when apple became cool right again like don't don't spend more time than you have to thinking about penny arcade ever but there was one punchline that i thought was actually pretty funny which was um at the time and it stuck with me uh which is they're they're like tycho is explaining like his his computer to the neighbor and he's like he's like it, it has this it has that it's like it is a tiny living god and and uh, and the neighbor just looks at him and goes, "Mine's grape," um, because like it's an iMac and it has like a color and stuff. And like, I've always thought about that and been like, you know, the the problem with that strip, is, like, the, and the problem with many penny arcade things is that they didn't like understand why like why that made them look bad. Like this person, this person just lives life and like he says, "Mine's grape and is happier than you." Like <laughs> it's like. I like this guy. Like, I want to be him. Like, I don't want to be you. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's that's sort of where I'm at with um, – I'm still – I haven't given up the goes with music yet. I still keep up with new music. But I think for, for games, it's like if it's a Nintendo first-party thing or, you know, someone's talking up an indie game like Hollow Knight, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. But sure. it's like I'm content playing – you know, I'm playing Final Fantasy VII now and not, not the remake but the old blocky Yeah, the one. original with yeah. uh with um you know tifa and and her massive uh cubes oh yeah them. she's got those cubes and I mean, those cubes have captivated listen like oh i'm not i'm not i, I don't i don't want to be a returned into tradition guy or anything but <laughs> yeah. those cubes captivated like generations of, of of young men to the point that like what was it the like the finnish government just had or i forget i just saw a tweet about this like uh, some government was like was essentially hacked, and someone put up a bunch of uh, Final Fantasy porn on their screen. <laughs> I, I uh, did see that. Yeah, so like, you gotta you gotta gotta give it up for something that iconic. Like that's that's like stood the test of time. Yeah, I think um, T- I think Tifa and Lara Croft are on are on the Mount Rushmore, and uh, if you get oh, the, if, yeah. you, if you get that joke, uh, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> good for you uh you know the, the the commercials about social security coming up are going to be very very helpful for you um fuck <laughs> yeah it's a i don't know it's like a um i don't know like i i i think you're right like i think there is so the thing the thing about the thing about um 
the thing about the uh getting super into video games and super like up to date and being like okay like i'm definitely i follow everything like i'm gonna i'm gonna play the next game like there's always some like game i i know uh i i, I don't actually know if you guys are friends but i i assume uh you are all interested in the same things um Mark Normandon has a, a wonderful uh, newsletter. Oh, I'm sub uh, up to that. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. We've actually uh, broken bread together. I used to go oh, up good. to Maine for work at my uh, previous job, and we've met up with a couple of times. He's a good guy. Yeah, good egg. Yeah, you know what? I've had, I, I also, my family vacations in Maine, and, and when I was up there one time pr- prior to COVID, we were able to, to, to get a bite. Yeah, no. Uh, he's, he's one of my, one of my favorite people, but uh, he, um, he has a great, uh, newsletter um that deals with video games uh among a uh, great newsletter that deals with baseball labor um two different newsletters happens. <laughs> the uh, only two the you need one. really yeah right exactly <laughs> he's got he's got the two main things uh but you know one of the one of the elements of the the video game newsletter that i love is that it is um it focuses on the stuff that like you'd never play typically like it'll be like it'll he'll he'll do like oh yeah forgotten gems and but for mark a forgotten gem is like something that was only released for the famicom that got like uh like a fan translation or a re-release as like some ds game and it, it it is so like it's so sobering in some ways to see how cool and interesting these games can be because he does a good job of, of of like looking at them and like you're just like man there are so many games in existence. <laughs> you can just play forever. And like, that's fine. That's the way books and movies and everything is. But like it, it, at a certain point, it's like, we, we, we could stop saying you're like, we could stop calling people retro gamers or something because like there are 8,000 things. Like I should probably be like, you know, instead of, instead of looking forward to Elden Ring, I should probably be playing like Tokimeki hospital or something because it's a much more like much it's a much more vital, uh, vital historical thing. Uh, almost certainly will be. Yeah, someone um, like I me, I I, 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 say that. Oh, this game, uh, Nightshade. It's you know, it's a forgotten classic, but they released it on the, um, the NES online for the Switch. And you know, Mark's talking about you know he's in the year three thousand talking about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, that game, that game's cool. Have you, um, have you heard of like, have you heard of like, uh. Uh, Dokutetsu no Raiden. Uh, it's a it's a small puzzler. It's like no, I haven't. But, but but it is it is like it's extremely gratifying when he covers a game that you have played like as a kid or something because he covered Chris, Crystalis in his. Uh, I forget if it was like I don't know if Crystalis made the top one hundred games. I don't think it did. Maybe it did. But like. That top 100 Nintendo games that he did. But I don't was, know if he, any, I think maybe one or two NES titles. So it was mostly, I think, Super was. Nintendo and beyond. Right. Yeah. And he, he, he made good defenses of that. And people got real mad at him. But, um, which, I mean, again, the mark of good content, uh, as we all know. <laughs> yes. But, uh, he, um, he covered Crystalis and I was like, oh, this is so cool. Someone's talking about a game that I, that I am obsessed with and no one ever talks about. And like, I don't know. There's something very gratifying about that. There's something like, there's something rewarding about like feeling like you're connecting with like a piece of history. So yeah, I, I think you're, I don't think you're wrong. Like, I think it's okay to, to kind of like be interested in old stuff and, and, and say like, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll, like check in with the new stuff, but like, I'm still catching up. Yeah. 
And, I, and I'm playing games I've played before. I just finished Final Smart Fantasy IX thing. again, you know. And I, I've, I'm the thing is I'm learning a lot of like filling a lot of gaps in sort of, you know. Now, I, did you I, did I, you beat Ozma? Oh yeah. Okay. Good. I beat that Marvel. Beat his ass. <laughs> Second try, obviously, it wasn't. Uh, it took me more tries to beat the lost number in uh, Final Fantasy VII. I'm not even up to the part where spoiler, Eris dies. What? <laughs> that was a discourse like people were talking about how that was like that was a spoiler or not a spoiler or something where people were like don't not everyone has played this game don't tell them that Eris dies it's like not everyone's seen star wars but i'm pretty sure it's okay to like reveal that darth vader is luke's father like i don't think there's there's a i what was it that i was i forget what it was there was some game that i hadn't played or movie that i hadn't seen and like it got spoiled, and I was like, "Look, I, I'm not mad because like it's a tw- it's the movie came out 20 years ago. If something comes out 20 years ago, like you've had your chance. Like, yeah, you, you've had your chance not to be spoiled. You still can play it or watch it or whatever. You are welcome to. It's 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 for everyone. But the spoiler part that was for the people who were there. Like that's that's just how spoilers work. You can't you can't just gatekeep all culture so no one is ever surprised. Yeah. Oh, well, spoiler alert, Batman's parents are dead. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to read Detective Comics 27 yet. <laughs> ah. uh, I don't even uh, know, actually. I wonder, I, I don't know, like, it's been such a long time since I've read Detective Comics 20. I wonder if they actually do the dead parent storyline in that one, if that was Batman 1. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think I've read, like, I've read Watchmen, and I've read V for Vendetta, and I've read a few collected graphic novels but i was never really a big comics guy as much as i'm a big comic movie guy you know i'm one of those people are you i I love watching like the comic book movies although i'm not gonna i find myself online you know defending movies i'll probably never see just because you know the people who defend like what yeah (laughs) uh, like uh martin scorsese like i I think i've seen goodfellas once and not Mm -hmm. all the way through um in the same city okay but like you're just online defending a Bronx tale. <laughs> no, I'm defending not even the movies. I'm defending Martin Scorsese saying that, you know, they call it with the, uh, the superhero movies, you know, let us make our own yeah. movies. Yeah, no, I, I think like, you know, it, what's funny about what's funny about all that is when people like people will get so upset at him. Right. And like, ultimately, it's just it's just him saying, like, I wish like I wish there was more original cinema out there and not just like you know versions of the of the same like versions of stuff that's already been done and people get so bad they're like well the versions of stuff that haven't already been done are like so much more diverse than your stuff <laughs> like i don't know man like i think you were very uncharitable to his point <laughs> it's you know it's and they're always saying he just makes gangster movies but like he, he's made and sure he's made you know good fellas yeah like Goodfellas and the Irishman and and uh, the Depart. I was thinking about that. The one with the Irish people in it, other than the Irishman, obviously. Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the Irishman. <laughs> but I mean, he's made Shutter Island, and he's made you know. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, he has like he has a, like most of the movies that he's made for himself are like. Let's, let's see, like he has like, I mean, he made Taxi Driver. That's a big deal one. Um, he made. Let's see here. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, Mean Streets is kind of a 
Yeah, like oh, Age of Innocence, like the doing a uh, an Edith Wharton novel. Like, you know, like I'm trying to find the one I'm thinking of. Um, not executive producer. I don't care what he's executive produced. Um, uh, oh, Silence. Um, let's see, there was another. There was like a. There was one I'm thinking. Oh, well, The Last Temptation of Christ. Of oh course. yeah, that's a. Yeah, that's that's a real gangster movie, right? There. <laughs> um, that's the the original gangster. <laughs> it's the original gangster jesus christ he, he had he, he had his um his correct. all his uh all of his uh grunts were loyal to him the capo except for one yeah yeah no you're totally correct and like uh, yeah wow i didn't really there's some amazing stuff he's done did you know he directed the music video for bad i think i did I didn't know that but i memory hold it so i i sort of like it sort of just came back to you when, sure, you, when you sure, mentioned yeah it. Um, but no, I mean, like he—he's the his famous thing is oh Kundun. That was what I was thinking of. Yeah, like the the director of Kundun uh, about Tibet's fourteenth Dalai Lama. Like it's like okay, yeah that that's um, weird, but okay. Like I guess that guy doesn't have any anything other than uh, than gangster movies. He just uh, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I think like you know the the. It, it's it's fandom i think like again that kind of comes back to something i know about wrestling is that like fandom can just be um incredibly like tremendously uh uh knee-jerk you know <laughs> oh yeah and it's coming back like it's 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 boomerang back around to the 90s because aew is back well not back they 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 were created and they're doing well and now uh people who weren't around in the 90s when mm. it was WWF versus WCW oh, are remarking about that. how it's so toxic online. And it's like, please, you, you weren't around during the big stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the, the old, the old war veteran in the corner going like, you'd get, you'd get like jumped by your friends or like by people you didn't even know. who would be like, listen up, <laughs> listen up, buddy. Like I'm going to, I'll, I'll I'll find you and I'll I'll end you for liking WCW. <laughs> That's you know, and, and they, people were hardcore about that. You know, yep. that was a, a sort of a Wild West period, um, and now people only get like that over over um, politics. <laughs> <laughs> only over politics. Oh, and Marvel movies. Yes, Marvel and Marvel movies. movies. I, I before I, I we sort of sign off, I do want to get your take on. Um, I, I want to talk about this about the, the, the lockout major league baseball. Um, I think to a lot of people who've, you know, even like myself, I, I'm not really as big a baseball fan as I wasn't even 2008, 2011, but I mean, the writing was on the wall for a while. Right. Um, about the lockout. Yeah, yeah. no, for, for sure. Um, so people, like people have been, people have been forecasting this lockout for, Oh boy. I mean, basically since the last contract was signed, uh, because it wasn't a very good contract. Oh no. Um, so I'll get your, get your, uh, feel on it. I, I know you don't really write for the baseball blogs anymore, yeah, but I can still talk about yeah, it. Sure. But, um, do, do you think that a significant chunk of the regular season is going to be jeopardized? Yeah. I mean, I think I think you're you're probably looking at, gosh, I I'd be surprised if 
be surprised if um, we didn't miss at least, geez, I don't know, like at least a good month of the regular season. Because, you know, with baseball, this is what happened with COVID too. Like, unlike, um, well, no, it's not unlike, but um, I think a lot of people don't realize this about sports is that the athletes need like quite a while to start gearing up. Um, you can't just like football is this way too. Like you can't really do football without training camp. The one year they did football without training camp because of COVID everyone just kept getting like horribly injured. Oh yeah. (laughs) It was just, it was, it was a massacre. And so like, I think, um, you know, the, the, the idea of doing, uh, baseball without training camp, uh, and, 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 you know, pitchers and catchers and spring training, I'm sorry, not training camp, spring training, like that is just not going to happen. They're going to do that, right? Like they'll have maybe a truncated version, but that they'll agree to if they agree to a season, but it's going to take, you know, after the agreement, it's going to take another three, four weeks to get to a season. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it was just another like 60 to 75 game season. Um, and when all was said and done and we have practice with that with COVID. Correct. Yeah. I, I think like ultimately, if they were to decide on something like right now, like as we're speaking, or maybe more realistically, like before, geez, I don't know, like, let's say before March, if they agreed on something before March, then you probably can squeeze the whole season in. But, um, you know, people were, uh, people were getting really mad. Famous, uh, intellectual wit, uh, John boy was getting mad because, um, (laughs) The, the uh the the sides hadn't traded uh proposals like yet and okay sure like dragging feet and, and stuff like that could be super irritating right like really really a pain uh in in labor negotiations but if you've been involved in labor negotiations that's just something that happens like management takes a long time to bring something to the table maybe labor does if they're trying to like figure out some way to actually like bring something back to management. Typically it's the other way around. Typically labor will bring something pretty quick to the table. Management will take a while uh, because, you know, even outside of my own ideologies that would, you know, of course favor labor. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> management's, I mean, look, like even from an agnostic perspective, management uh, has that kind of inertia on their side. Like that's what they count on. They count on, okay, like you're going to sick of strike and just want to give up. And so they drag their feet. And that's the adversarial system, right? Like the labor has on their side that they can shut down production and it's a staring contest and they can like, they have their demands already pre-thought out. Management can drag their feet and say like, oh, I bet we can get everyone frustrated with this process. And that's just like, that's the, that's the dance. And like, yeah, it does, it's not even, it's not even like the sides are going to have to wait a long time to wait for a good contract for either side uh, and like let alone for labor it's just they're gonna have to wait for a long time to get any contract that they agree on at all and i don't want to get too deep into dialectics here because um <laughs> what <laughs> it is like i i don't i don't know um, first off how dare you um <laughs> but i mean i i think the whole system has been set up to favor you know management in this situation because you know they accumulate you know, uh, surplus value and that, that becomes their war chest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you can't have 
capital without labor, but oh boy, did they um did they rig the system in there in their favor? That's all I'm gonna say. Oh yeah, no, I mean look, like the the way the way that the way that the um the way that it effectively works for owners at this point is I mean, look, it's like essentially you um essentially you can kind of just like sit on your hands and make money. Um, and they can sit on their hands and make money and the the massive amount of people in the um in the the viewing audience are gonna say like hey why aren't the players out there playing um you know there's the millionaires versus billionaires thing um there's the fact that like the uh the owners have people sympathizing with them because we're all sort of like thinking as gms now instead of like you know, thinking we could be players, we think no. we could be GM. My dad's a teamster, and he sides with the owners. Right, exactly. <laughs> it, like it, it, it just happens. That's like that's how that's how it works now. And so, like the 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 act of the the labor stoppage at all is a fairly um, aggressive position by the by the players. Um, I think ultimately, you know, like the. The, the 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 problem is that and, and this is with like a lot of American uh, understandings of labor relations is that most people haven't been involved in a strike or uh, not even a strike a, a contract dispute because no. this isn't a strike it's a contract dispute like no one's no one's striking no they're just saying like they're just saying like we're not really working until we get this contract solved um, a strike would be if they had the contract and they said, this is not workable. We need different things. Like, you know, you, you, you broke, you broke your, your promise here, or if it went to the season and they said like, now nah, we're not playing. And the owner said, well, we're still having the season. And they had other like, you know, uh, scabs play, but like, this is the labor stoppage. Like when you're involved in this kind of thing, it is when you hear the adversarial system, like it's adversarial, like it, it is mean. <laughs> People get like mean. And one of the mean things they do is they like, literally, you will put forward a position as labor and you'll get something back that is worse than what you put in. And they'll explain to you why it's better, but it's actually worse, right? Like, and it's, it's obviously worse. They know you know it's worse. Um, but they'll also think that you're, you know, making it personal every time. We had a, when I did this for, within my graduate uh, school, when we, when we struck for, when we like were uh, bargaining for a contract, we never actually ended up striking when I was there. Um, but, uh, uh, when we were bargaining for a contract, uh, the one person on the administration side, uh, thought we were rude about the death of her father and like, like was furious and would not like meet with us ever again because she perceived rudeness. And so like little things like that, like it really is like, we, we, we bring it out to be this sort of like, and in, in, in a sort of like, again, like dialectics of big and small, um, the small is the big and the big is the small is like it totally 100%. But like, you know, it is a big sort of like massive, important uh, uh, manifestation of American politics to see this happen. It also is like a bunch of, I mean, in this case, men who are just like pissed at each other who have to meet every so often and eventually will have to get a mediator to meet and like, have to somehow come to a, a, an agreement um, and who have billions of dollars on the line, both sides. And so like, it's just, it's like, it's catty and stupid and pointless. And, and I think like people aren't 
totally aware of that. Yeah. Um, I do think that there's a whole lot of labor literacy and yeah. I would love to get into a, a discussion about um, labor, but we'd be here forever. Yeah, no, I, I don't want to keep you up. No, that's all right. Um, um, before I do get out of here, I want to thank you, Trev. You uh, oh, a wonderful absolutely. guest. Thanks for having me. Let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, well, okay. The podcast I'm on is called No Cartridge. Uh, you can find it on all uh, the the podcasters, uh, pod catchers, excuse me, that, that you might uh, might want uh, might want to use. Uh, my Twitter is Hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. Um, and uh, I also have a book out called Story Mode that I think it may still be the only place you can find it is... Um, uh, amazon but i'm not sure we're having trouble keeping things in uh in supply apparently if i remembered how to read i would buy it huh if i remembered how like how to read i would buy it oh well no it's important (laughs) listen everyone's working on learning how to read um even charlie kelly especially charlie kelly he's gonna get there um it's the series finale yeah, that's where people can find me. And where can people find you? Oh, people can find me on my newsletter. Um, you can go to tholzerman.substack.com and you can read three wonderful newsletters a week or two wonderful newsletters in a podcast about various topics. Um, if you're here, obviously you may already be subscribed. Are you subscribed yes. and you don't know it? Call your doctor. Um, you can find me on twitter.com at T Holzerman. Uh, I was one of the rubes who signed up with his first initial last name instead of uh, doing a crazy alt and being a little more hidden. I was dumb, but now I'm visible. And I guess I feel, I think, I think Tholzerman, Tholzerman is like, it feels very, uh, very aliasy though. A little bit. Uh, you could find me on Facebook, but I'd rather you didn't. Um, <laughs> Don't do it. And I'm also on Instagram, but that's just for posting pictures to, to Twitter and Facebook. But <laughs> Trev, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. And thank you everybody for listening. Uh, I will figure out a way to get this into your podcatchers. And, but until then, just listen to it or download it from the newsletter and keep it a buck. Thanks. <laughs>